More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 Betting Podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checo is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Maybe this is right. But the championship can only be won by one. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. Welcome back, everybody. Despite not a ton of action in the race over the weekend, there's always stuff for us to talk about. So we're back. It's the Beeson Formula One betting podcast. Mikhail Miranda, he is back after uh, you were on the shelf with a little illness there, Mikhail. I'm Ben Wilson. Are the rumors true, Mikhail, that the, that the combination of watching Pierre Gasly's car catch on fire and then the lack of overtaking on Sunday's race, it, it sent your... Uh, your general body and your health into a complete tailspin, because that's the rumor I've been hearing around the uh, around the pit lane. It's going to have minor migraine from all this stuff, but no, I, I wasn't, as much as I would like to be frustrated at what happened on track and with my bets, unfortunately, what happened on track was on merits as well as on errors, unfortunately, right? Um as you, if you guys follow my bets, you would have known that I had Charles Leclerc to be in the top three in the sprint race. That cashed. Well done. That was that was a good start to the weekend. For the race, I had Pierre Gasly in the top six. I had Max Verstappen for the fastest lap, as well as a race win. That's a parlay that DK gives out. That did not cash. That was due to an error and to impatience, basically, from Red Bull and Max Verstappen. That happened during the safety car. Well, there was no safety car at the time, since there was a car parked uh, awkwardly, and so... That just turned into a whole thing that gave Sergio Perez just the amount of distance and time he needed to keep the lead of the race and just prance on through. And then the other bet that I had was top double top six for Aston Martin, which if you watched the race, you would have seen Lewis Hamilton putting a little bit of pressure on Lance Stroll. And we had a radio message from Fernando Alonso, his teammate, tell Lance my brake settings. And if you guys played that, that was that was something. Uh, Fernando Alonso was being a bit of a big brother, and gave Lance some brake settings. I don't know if Lance took that into action, but um, 
as he was getting pressure from Lewis Hamilton, he ran wide, Lewis got through and was never able to regain the position again. Um, but if you looked at it, uh, the way it was going, I don't think Lewis Hamilton would have caught Lance Stroll if it weren't for the mistake. So uh, there's a lot of learning curves here. All right, Red Bull need to be a little bit more patient. Max needs to be uh, understand that you're running for the Drivers' Championship. But this is the fourth race of the year. It's not the last race. Patience is key here. Lance Stroll, again, patience is key. Don't worry about the driver behind you. If he's not on your wing, drive your race. Take those corners as you need to. Don't try to oversteer. Don't try to run wide because that just allows the silly mistakes. Lose tenths of a second that just give the position away to anyone who's looking to scrap. Especially with Mercedes, they have nothing to lose. Aston Martin, you have almost everything to lose now since you have established yourself as a contender against your your team that you buy your engines from. So your customers of the eight-time World Constructors Championship, uh, you need to be a little bit more careful if that's where you're looking to be as well, right? Uh, Lance just needs a little bit more coaching, a little bit more grounding, yeah, if he can feel comfortable in the car and he's able to do this, we're going to see much. But uh, yes, no sickness from that. Uh, <laughs> that's, I'm, that's I'm all right. I think Fernando uh, Alonso knew you had Aston Martin top six, and he was because how rare is it over the years that we've seen Fernando uh, be that that cordial and uh, comforting toward his teammate? And he was trying to coax his his young his little brother, as it were. A lad stroll into the top six. What well, that's always the worst feeling in these bets when you, either you have somebody to finish podium, finishes fourth, or a top six, and they finish seventh, or in the points and they finish eleventh. Mikhail, one of the you know my dad likes to say sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue. And uh, Mikhail, you sir were the latter this week with the bad breaks around the track uh, in Azerbaijan. You know my big takeaway though coming out of the race, we've just felt, we've talked about from the betting perspective like Max Verstappen is this just untouchable runaway number one guy, but you have now two races in four where uh, his teammate, Checo Perez, has been right there, has won the race, is only six points back of Verstappen right now as we head into race number five. We go to Miami, first race in the U.S. coming up here on Sunday. So was that just a case of Checo driving on a track that certainly suited his eye and winning, you know, wins both the sprint race as well as the real race and the Grand Prix? Or uh, is this something that we should really consider going forward? Can Checo be a legit threat? to Max Verstappen, who is still being priced through the moon. He is, as I sit here right now, uh, sitting as a minus 250 favorite before we even head to qualifying in Miami this weekend. The question really bogs down to, is Max's aggression really going to be his downfall, right? Because Max just wants to go and attack every single thing, every single corner, every single driver, even if it's own teammate. He just loves to attack. Right, so uh, Red Bull has no competition but itself. Max has no competition but himself. If he puts himself in harm's way, it allows for Sergio Perez, who's a very patient driver and calm under any circumstance. If you want to understand where that comes from, look back at the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix where he started out in the front grid, lost positions, went to 20th and then won the race from 20th after the first lap right Sergio Perez 
does extremely well under pressure and can keep his calm. He knows exactly how to drive his race. He does not try to attack his teammate. And at times, he always goes and tries to help him out. So could we see Sergio Perez as a title contender? We possibly could if Max stands in his own way. But if we're just talking on pure merit on the tracks that are about to come up, Sergio Perez's his talent comes on tire conservation on street tracks. He just understands them just that bit better than Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is absolutely blistering on set tracks so as we move throughout the season you'll be able to see that a little bit more we haven't had a, a good sort of tally to see with street tracks and to see a lot with the set tracks but as we keep doing as we increase our visibility on the tracks we'll be able to see exactly where Max Verstappen and where Sergio Perez gauge each other and how we'll see them go throughout. So uh, there could possibly be a title fight amongst the steam. Now the question is, is it going to be another Lewis Hamilton, Nico Rosberg situation? Or could we just see Max Verstappen finally keep his calm, keep his cool, drive his race, do what he does best and run away with the championship? And the reality is, from the betting market, a lot of books have taken the Futures, the Drivers' Championship off the board, but shop I see, this is Caesars, Checo Perez, 7-1. to one. So if you're a believer that this is real, perhaps you feel like there is some value in at least taking a dart throw in a guy who has a car that is just as fast as his teammate Verstappen's. And so far, Red Bull, the constructor that has won all four Grand Prix so far, they've proven their car is far and away the fastest. So that's just an interesting note to look at going in, and we get another street race coming up with Miami uh, that we'll talk about. We'll have the full Miami breakdown preview show tomorrow. Louis Frank, the U.S. Motorsports contributor for Reuters, uh, he is back with us. He's going to join us for all the U.S. Grand Prix this year, so really excited to have uh, Louis back joining us on the show tomorrow when we record. A couple little quick hitters, Mikhail, here before we go. Uh, it only took until race four for Charles Leclerc and Ferrari to finally figure it out. We were waiting for that since day one of the season, but Charles, that was the one ticket that was a nice cash for you, plus money, top three in the sprint race, gets pole, gets his first podium of the season in third. Is this the turning point for Ferrari? Unfortunately, not. Uh, wow, Mikhail just if, throwing water all over my potential optimism for sure. Uh, trust me, your potential optimism is mine as well because we both have tickets on Charles Leclerc to be championship. I mean, winner. those aren't winning, let's be real. <laughs> it's more just can we bet on him race by race and have some confidence. Uh, absolutely. Um, I get where, where you're coming from, but Baku is Charles' home tough when it comes to just downright which tractors he know go back to gp2 known as formula two days charles has consistently been on pole been on the podium here this is the only track that he can confidently attack and know he will be in the top three top four at least the track is just suited really well. And if we're looking at our Ferrari back, Ferrari is still not back. They didn't have an answer for anyone's space, right? Fernando Alonso was just caught behind a bunch of the cars. But if Fernando Alonso started in fourth, you would have seen Charles just drop down the order. There's a lot of things that Ferrari had to an advantage. However, 
given where their car is at right now, I do not believe that they have the ability to continue to score consistent podiums as of yet. We'll gauge with Miami. Again, it's another street circuit. But again, there aren't many street circuits on this calendar. There's a lot more set tracks. So we have to be able to understand where Ferrari are in terms of that. Right? Everyone's looking to change. Uh, right now, I, I don't know. I don't see Charles being top three podium contender moving forward. This was his track, which is why I was high on him. Right? I wasn't high on him in the race. I knew in the sprint race he would do well, but not in the race because I... I didn't see the pace that he needed to go up against Red Bull and Aston Martin, and I still stick to that. They just were in a very advantageous position. Yeah, at the very least, that. you think about how that will play out forward in, in the next sprint race, which will be race 10, Austrian Grand Prix. It, it definitely looked, just from watching it and based on everything we've talked about on the, on the show, Mikhail, like the sprint races are going to be something that do suit the Ferrari, where in short little spurts you see the pace, and as a result, uh, will that be another opportunity to, to bet on Charles once we kind of file that away, get to the 10th race of the season? And also his, his true home track is Monaco, where he is, a, uh, where he is from. That is race 7 coming up in a few weeks at the end of May there. So those are just a couple things to file away on the Charles Leclerc front. Uh, just going down to further, further down the midfield, and we were, we were very skeptical of mclaren's upgrades how they would actually look and all you know i was wrong i thought it would be another disastrous week but this is two straight weeks where orlando norris has finished in the points and oscar piastri who had a i don't know if his illness was worse than yours mikhail but he was apparently sick all week and uh, he he grinds out in 11th despite being less than 100 percent. would have been two straight races in the points for him so you buying these uh, these changes now that you've seen them uh, at least out on the track for mclaren uh i believe that they're able to do damage control now they can actually sort of uh, start to undo what they saw and what they said beginning of the season that the car just wasn't going to be able to compete. Uh, so Lanza Norris and Oscar Piastri, ninth and 10th relatively finished position in the race. Uh, that is a major step up from where they were. A major, major step up. And I do believe that this car will be able to fight for the top 10. But where we've seen Landon Norris finish in the top 5, top 6, I don't know if this B-spec car is there. But I do believe that McLaren... Sorry, pardon me. That McLaren can now go and fight against Alpine to regain where they are in the championship. And if I'm not mistaken, McLaren are above Alpine, right? Alpine just did Up not have points. a good... Yeah. Yep. And that's where McLaren wanted to fight, right? So then my question is, Alpine said they wanted to take the fight to Mercedes, who are in third position. Um... You want to devote your 90 seconds to, <laughs> to Alpine? I, I mean, what a friggin' disaster this week was. It was absolutely a disaster. There's nothing. They keep making comments about their performance, yet their delivery is, the only best way to describe it is undulating. It's up and down every single race. 
They say, oh, we figured this out. Come race day, it's not figured out. So Alpine need to get a hold of themselves, need to get the drivers in, what's working, what's not working, how do we move forward, right? They can't keep fighting just to stay alive. I, I guess that Pierre Gasly's car was on fire. There's a lot of and stuff going on with the ICE, but they have now more parts allocated. Every team does, as we mentioned last episode. There are more parts available now without any penalties. So I think Alpine can all figure that out, but they wanted to fight Mercedes, who are in third. Uh, can they fight McLaren, first of all? And then can they fight Ferrari? Ferrari may not have a really good car, but as a team, they they are on most of the ground that Alpine are. I mean, they've, they've looked like they're in a completely different uh, stratosphere, despite the struggle so far, Ferrari. And uh, last time I checked, 68 points <laughs> is a pretty big gap to make up to third, and 54 is a pretty significant gap uh, up to fourth if you're looking at Alpine right now. So, yeah, they have a lot of work to do, and that was... Uh, I was thinking of you as soon as I saw Gasly's car on fire because that, uh, that was an omen for things to come. Sorry, Mikhail. Uh, there's no issues again. I'm always uh, a man who stands behind his his observations, right? I I saw Max Verstappen winning the race and being the fastest lap. I was not wrong. Just Sergio Perez had a better chance. He just got the safety car and had that more time to keep that advantage, which led to him winning the race, right? Lance Stroll, I do believe he's a top six driver along with his teammate Fernando Alonso. He made a mistake. Lewis Hamilton capitalized on that. Again, one position away, right? And as far as Pierre Gasly, I know he's a top six contender here. He has absolutely got the car behind him. The question now comes down to reliability. Is the car reliable enough to finish in the top six? Right? So the observations are right. It's just moments that allow someone else to take the reins. Right? This is what it comes down to that determines the best driver. Right? Can you still fight back? Can you still prove what you're saying because words are just words until it's come on track where everyone's now all right take aston martin the moment we saw that car hit track in preseason testing again i'm going to keep bringing this up they said we are a good team a good car this year they are a good team they are a good car they are above mercedes above ferrari teams that have prestige that an elite status in this sport and aston martin are just coming back to this Right, so it it comes down are the teams is up Mozaf now able to bring back the essence of what Renault used to be, which now rebranded as Alpine. Is he able to bring the car back to make something worthwhile? That's it. Yep. Long way to go for Otmar and uh, and Alpine. We will we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have another episode previewing the Miami Grand Prix. Can Max Verstappen win the Grand Prix for a second straight year? He, he did win and get fastest lap a season ago. It was a great race last year for Ferrari, but as we've talked about, Ferrari are in a different, different world than they were at the same time a season ago when Charles Leclerc led the Drivers' Championship. So there was a lot for us to break down tomorrow. Go ahead, hit that 
like button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Give us a little five-star review if you don't mind, and leave us a comment as well. Or four stars. I don't know. Maybe you hated Mikhail's uh, breakdown <laughs> this time. I'm kidding. Mikhail, your breakdowns are always spot on. Yeah, leave us a review and a comment. We appreciate those of you who have done so so far and for all the ratings as well. Louis Franck, we're excited to have him back by popular band uh, demand tomorrow. So check that out in your podcast feeds. We'll have full breakdowns. Very robust betting menu. This will likely be the most heavily bet uh, race of the season so far, at least here on U.S. soil. Now that we go to Miami, uh, first race in the U.S., first of three a Grand Prix here this season. So looking forward to that. Mikhail, keep feeling better. You're basically at 100%. I mean, you're, you're a trooper. So we'll, uh, we'll talk tomorrow, all right? I'm definitely, definitely back. And also... Yeah, he's back. We, uh, this is, again, this is the first time we have one of three U.S. Grand Prix. So we are setting ourselves up to keep getting better and better here in the U.S. So stay tuned for what Lewis has. He gave me a little bit of a preview of what he would like to talk about tomorrow. There is going to be a topic that's going to stir up some controversy. Controversy, as they say. Wow, that's a that's a tease in our business. Look at you, Mikhail. Good man. Look, good lord. You're not. He's not just a F1, uh, you know, technical analyst. He knows how to. He knows the business of broadcasting very well. That's that that's guy. That has me excited. I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm excited now for tomorrow. All right, for Mikhail, I'm Ben. We'll see you guys on the next episode. This has been another edition of the VSIN Formula One Betting Podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.